0: This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Raffaele Di Furia. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney, Marco Permunian. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. Today we wanted to get into a quite unique subject and something that some people may find uh, that they may come across if their family came from a part of Italy that was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire or some other areas of Italy that may allow them to qualify or be disqualified for Italian citizenship, but Marco Let's just jump straight into this. There are these areas that uh, a person may be uh, needing to take into consideration that were part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire or or became part of Yugoslavia. Maybe can you just go into a rundown of what these situations were, who these people are and what a person might come across and what basic points they need to make sure that they can check off to be able to be eligible for Italian citizenship in this way. Today, we wanna talk about three
1: specific situations um, that, as you mentioned, may affect some people's ability to apply for Italian citizenship by descent. But let's start from the first one. Uh, If your ancestor was born in in a territory that was part of the former Austro-Hungarian Empire, and that became Italy, in 1920 so let's start from the first scenario if your ancestor was born in one of these territories and by the way we're talking about territories that uh, are now part of the provinces of Trento and Bolzano in Trentino Alto Adige in the region of Trentino Alto Adige or in some other areas of northern Veneto or in some areas in the region of Friuli Venezia Giulia mostly areas belonging to the province of Gorizia. So if your ancestor was born in one of these territories uh, and your ancestor emigrated before 1920, and more precisely before July the 16th of 1920, then your ability to apply for Italian citizenship was limited in time because uh, the ability to file an application uh, ended in 2010. Initially, it was until 2005 and then it was extended to 2010. So if you are someone whose ancestor was born in one of these territories and emigrated before 1920, then like I said, you can no longer apply for Italian citizenship by descent. More precisely, a law was made by the Italian government in 2000, which basically limited in time the ability to apply for Italian citizenship by descent, like I said, until 2010, for people whose ancestor was born in these areas. But if your ancestor emigrated to another country, such as America, after July the 16th of um, 2020, meaning when that territory became Italy, so after that territory became Italy, uh, then there is no problem. You can apply for Italian citizenship normally, like anybody else. You can file a normal Euro-Sanguinis application. But once again, you have to prove that your ancestor emigrated after July the 16th of 1920. And that's because your ancestor was still present in that territory when that territory was handed over to Italy. So it goes without saying that your ancestor became an Italian citizen. And as a matter of fact, he was most likely included in the citizenship lists that were held by each single municipalities that were part of these territories that were handed over to Italy in uh, 1920. And, And actually more to this point, I wanna add that the. Treaty between the former Austro-Hungarian Empire and Italy basically included a provision that said that each single municipality, uh, which was part of this territory that was being handed over, had to create a list, basically a citizenship list, including all of the people that were residing in that area in that specific moment in time that became Italian citizens. So, to recap, if your ancestor was born in these areas and emigrated abroad before 1920, your ability to apply for Italian citizenship by descent was limited in time, and more precisely, you could have applied only until 2010. So your ability to file your application has basically expired. Uh, But if your ancestor, if you can show that your ancestor emigrated after, so once that part became Italy, then, you can file a normal Euro application via an Italian consulate, via an Italian municipality. And we talked extensively about the process of applying for Italian citizenship. But um, there is also one very important ex- exception, meaning that if your ancestor emigrated before but was registered or actually requested to be registered in the citizenship lists, uh, which could happen only under specific circumstances per the provision that were included in this treaty, uh, then you can apply for Italian citizenship and file a normal application. Uh, I'll explain myself a little bit better here um, because the point is quite complex. If your ancestor, emigrated before 1920. So he was already in America in 1920. So he never, so he he was not in that area when that area became Italy, but somehow managed to request to be included in the citizenship lists, uh, then you would qualify for Italian citizenship normally, like anybody else.
0: So then how would it have been that a person could have potentially made it onto one of these lists? I'm glad you asked that. There were very
1: specific requirements uh, listed in this uh, treaty, meaning I'll just mention a few of them, the most frequent. For example, if your ancestor had a company in Italy and was living abroad, but was managing his company from abroad that he could have requested to be registered in these lists. Or for example, if your ancestor had real estate in Italy, I believe for more than 10 years, So there were these specific requirements that needed to be met in order for you to, uh, in order for the ancestor to be able to use this exception and in turn for you to be able to qualify for citizenship
0: without the 2010 time limit. Interesting. So then just a quick question. For the people that were able to get their citizenship and make the request before 2010, did it look like a normal Yure Sanguinis case, like you go to the consulate or to the comune? or, or What was the situation for those people? That's a very interesting question.
1: Uh, now, of course, as we said, um, these people uh, who find themselves in this situation can no longer apply because they could apply only until 2010. But for them, the process was a special process, meaning that... Yes, they could have filed the application through a consulate or through an Italian municipality, but then the application was going to be evaluated by a special committee that was basically established within the Ministry of Interior's office that, of Mm -hmm. course, was going to evaluate these specific circumstances and these additional documents that were requested required um, compared to a normal application. For example, you had to prove when your ancestor emigrated through shipping lists or other immigration documents. So it was a kind of a peculiar citizenship application. And mm-hmm. because of these peculiarities, um, the Italian government established this committee in within the Ministry of Interior, which
0: was evaluating these applications. And what about now? So, for those people who would qualify because either their ancestor was registered and they left um, just before and they were lucky enough to be registered or they left after and already were Italian citizens, uh, what does that process look like now in 2022 or hereafter? That process will look
1: exactly like a normal Uter process.
0: Interesting. And then What about for the people who missed the 2010 cutoff uh, date? Do they have any kind of recourse? Do they have any type of appeal that they can make? Or is really the door closed for those people when it comes to... Uh
1: Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, there is nothing they can do. Uh, Their ability to apply ended in 2010. And I've been asked this question by
0: many people, but unfortunately, there is nothing really that they can do. So in that case, they would have to make a petition for citizen not petition, but apply for citizenship uh, through residency. That would seem to be their only option, is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, absolutely, like any kind of other citizenship requests through residency, mm-hmm. through marriage, but definitely they would be no longer entitled to citizenship by descent.
0: Interesting. Uh, so far, we've spoken a lot about the people who have families that come from uh, the former Austro-Hungarian empire, but... Uh, There are also those individuals, like we were talking about before, whose families come from areas uh, in Italy that became part of the former Yugoslav Republic. What is the situation for those people whose families ended up being in Yugoslavia. Uh, What does the situation look like uh, for their application? How are they eligible? And maybe what are some of the little things that might set their process apart uh, from a normal citizenship by descent case? If your ancestor
1: was born in one of the areas that were handed over um, to the former Republic of Yugoslavia by Italy after World War II, And if your ancestor was residing in that area in 1940, so when that area formally became Yugoslavia, then you can only apply for Italian citizenship by descent if certain requirements are met. Now, of course, if your ancestor had emigrated to another country from that area before 1940, so before that territory was transferred over to Yugoslavia, then your application is a normal Juris application. But if your ancestor was still residing in that area in 1940, when that, er- when that area became Yugoslavia, then you need to provide additional documents compared to a normal application for citizenship by descent. And more precisely, you need to prove that your ancestor was residing in that area in 1940. You need to prove that your ancestor was an Italian citizen in 1940, when the area was transferred over to Yugoslavia. And you also have to prove that you, the applicant, know the Italian language and culture. And to do so, you need to obtain documentation from an Italian association or club located abroad uh, that show your ties, with Italy that show that you know the Italian language and culture. The law that regulates citizenship applications for people that find themselves in this situation is a law that came into effect in 2006. And the same law instituted a special committee within the Ministry of Interior that evaluates these applications with these peculiarities. So while the application can be filed through an Italian consulate or through an Italian municipality, then there will be a special committee within the Ministry of Interior's office that will evaluate these applications and the additional
0: documents uh, required. That's absolutely fascinating, and I'm just curious, uh, what areas are we talking about here? I'm assuming that it would probably be just because of how close to Italy they are, maybe Croatia, Slovenia, but what are some of the areas even within Italy that people would have to to be concerned about uh, if this might be uh, something that would come up? That's a very good question. So we're talking about
1: the areas that were handed over by Italy to uh, the former Republic of Yugoslavia, uh, pursuant to the Paris Treaty. Uh, So the area is very well defined in the treaty, but just for people that are listening to us, uh, we can say that it's basically uh, the areas that are um, part of the uh, peninsula that it's called Istria. So it's a territory. I've been there like many times. Actually, it's very fascinating to see how many people still speak Italian there or identify themselves as Italian, but um, it's all the area that goes from Trieste, so from the border of Italy, all the way to Rijeka, which has an Italian name. Every city there has an Italian name. Actually, or a lot of cities or municipalities Mm -hmm. have their Slovenian or Croatian name because now those areas are Slovenia or uh, Croatia. Um, after the dissolution of the um, Republic of Yugoslavia. So, from the Italian border all the way to the city of Rijeka, which was called Fiume, the Italian name, which means river. Um, so, that territory between the border of Italy and Rijeka, uh, which basically is the areas included in the peninsula called Istria, um, so those are the areas that were handed over. Um, to the former Republic of Yugoslavia, uh, from Italy, uh,
0: as uh, at the end of World War II. This is all really fascinating, and I'm really so glad that we're able to cover this topic, uh, all these topics, because they're so rarely spoken about. Because it really ends up being a minority within a minority of individuals who are interested in Italian citizenship uh, that may even have to take these into concern. So it's really great that we're able to talk about this some more, but I know there's one other group of people that there, it, it may feel a little similar to this last group that we were talking about, but this this last group was also connected with the, the former Yugoslav Republic, and would you mind going into that one a little bit more? Yeah, so the law that I mentioned before, the law that came into effect
1: in 2006, basically makes reference to two categories of people. Um, the first category is the basically all of what we just talked about. The second category is um, those people whose ancestor was born in the area that was transferred over to the former Republic of Yugoslavia in 1975 as a result of the Osimo treaty. So basically this Osimo treaty between Italy and Yugoslavia, had the purpose of better defining the borders between Italy and Yugoslavia. And with that treaty was established that an area uh, right below the city of Trieste was going to be transferred over to Yugoslavia from Italy. So basically there is another category of people who have an ancestor who was born and residing in this territory at the time in which this territory was handed over to Yugoslavia in 1975. And these people basically, for these people, the same rules would apply the same rules
0: that we just um, referenced. So they would have to have the linguistic and cultural connection and have like a letter, for example, from a a club or association. Exactly. Interesting, this is all... Really, absolutely fascinating. I'm I'm sure there's nothing that we haven't touched on yet, but have we covered everything? Are there any details that we've left out so far? No, I believe we did cover everything. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Marco, for making yourself available and uh, to go over these. And of course, if anybody is needing any help with this process or anything else related to getting their Italian citizenship, how can they get in contact with you and your team? people can contact us through our website
1: italiancitizenshipassistance.com or they can give us a call the number is on the website
0: absolutely fantastic and of course if you're interested in more content like this about Italian dual citizenship, be sure that you're subscribed to both the audio only podcast as well as the YouTube channel. But the great little bonus of being subscribed to the YouTube channel is that you're also automatically subscribed to the other project that Marco and I collaborate on the Italian real estate podcast, where we talk about Italian real estate, living in Italy, where we would live in Italy. We've been doing a fun mini series on some of the best places that we would have actually the preferences for if we were buying property in italy Uh, but of course also if you're interested in anything about living abroad life abroad life abroad as a dual citizen expat be sure to come over to my youtube channel youtube.com slash raffaele di furia or you can find the audio only podcast there's a lot of content about life in italy living in italy as well as living in the eu as an italian dual citizen But, of course, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Thank you again, Marco, for making yourself available. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.